and I'm back for another episode of the Campus on Ice podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chad Minton, your host. Please follow me on Twitter at Chad underscore Minton, and also follow the guys at the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet. Uh, very excited to bring you a new episode of the Catfish on Ice podcast covering the Nashville Predators. Hopefully we got a new season coming up very soon, maybe even in the next month, according to some reports. Uh, we're all waiting on the new season to start. And in tonight's episode, I'm going to get into some stuff that's going to be very interesting for all the Preds fans out there, including some negative vibes that I'm feeling throughout the Preds faithful. Uh, this has always been a franchise that doesn't lack fan support in any way. The fans are crazy. If you've ever been to a home game, a Preds home game, you know how crazy those fans get here in Nashville. I'm a Nashville native, and I'm telling you, I've never seen the vibes so low for this team. It's been a while. I can't say never. But I'm going to get into that. That's going to be my opening face-off. That's how I like to open every episode. And so I'm going to get into that more in depth. Also going to talk about the World Junior Championships that's coming up. Always an exciting tournament. You love seeing the young players get out there on the big stage. The future of the NHL is always on display, and that tournament's going to be getting started on Christmas Day. And so we're going to talk about some Preds prospects, some uh, prospects for the National Predators who made the tournament, made the teams, going to be uh, representing their home countries. So we're going to be keeping an eye on them. So we're going to get into that as well. And then always I like to do some quick hitters. Hockey's a fast sport, a lot of quick hits in the in the uh, in hockey. So I like to do some quick hitters, hit some quick topics towards the end of the episode, and then of course, as always, I also like to uh, do a spot a Nashville spotlight of the week, and I like to highlight a venue or a restaurant or somewhere in Nashville that I encourage you to check out. As Nashville is one of those cities where you get a ton of visitors. It's a big tourist city. A lot of people have never been to Nashville, want to go take a trip there. Or if you plan on returning in the future, I always like to spotlight a venue or a restaurant or something along those lines that you need to check out being a Nashville native as I am. I like to tell people about that. So I'm going to do that at the very end of the episode. But let's get right into it with tonight's episode on the Catfish on Ice podcast with the opening face off. And that is what I just mentioned. What is which is the negative vibes I'm feeling and the top three things that I think can change those uh, negative vibes we're feeling. Cause a lot of it's understood. I understand why a lot of Preds fans maybe aren't as excited about a new season as they normally are. Obviously there's things outside of the sports world that go way beyond um, wins and losses when it comes to uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and, you know, but sports has always been an escape for so many of us. And when you can just sit down and watch your favorite team play and win, it brings you that joy and that excitement that, you know, that's hard to, hard to replace. And so when it comes to the Preds, I just think from a pure hockey standpoint, from a pure competitive standpoint, a lot of fans are very nervous about this upcoming season. They don't really know what to expect. And a lot of that has to do with not only this previous season, which almost all of us can agree what ended in failure by getting eliminated in the Stanley Cup qualifiers 
for all we know, if it would have been a full 82-game season, they may have not even made the playoffs. But they made their return-to-play format, which allowed for 24 teams. Got in there as a sixth seed. Um, there wasn't even a lot of excitement going into that. Uh, I recall very clearly that, you know, it was just really hard to get a lot of excitement um, generated around the Preds when it comes to their hopes for going deeper into the playoffs. I can tell you that a lot of people thought they would at least get past the Coyotes in that Stanley Cup qualifier matchup, and they didn't even make it that far. They only won one game in that series. They didn't look good at all. Uh, but we're going to move past that because, you know, a lot lot's going on. You know, obviously it was a weird format. You know, you're in a bubble. Uh, the players were off from March to August. And what happened, happened. But I can tell you that the sentiment around this team has been going down among the fan base for the last couple of years just due to the team's play on the ice. And so – I'm going to get into right now the top three things that I think can happen this season that are very realistic that can change the sentiment really quick about this team. And I'm going to start with number one, and I truly believe that the number one thing that changes this team's overall sentiment is fixing the penalty kill. Uh, The penalty kill was one of the worst in the leagues in the league last year towards the bottom, uh, Basically, when the team took a penalty, you just anticipated, uh, if not a power play goal, at least momentum was going to shift dramatically to the other team. And so uh, last season on the penalty kill, they were 29th in the NHL. Um, Huge drop off compared to what we're used to when it comes to the Preds and historically. They've always been a team that grinds, wins out. They've always been a team that knows how to win games ugly, if you will. And last season was not the case. You just put your uh, face in your hands every time the Preds took a penalty last year because you thought, here comes another goal or here comes another um, onslaught of shots on UC Soros or Peke Rene that's going to completely change the momentum of this game. And there were a lot of really bad penalties. Now, bad penalties happen to every team. So you're not going to hold it necessarily against the team for taking bad penalties. But when your penalty kill is as bad as the Preds were last year, you're going to hold it against them, and you got to be more disciplined. They didn't show that. So uh, 29th last year, the season before, they were sixth in the league in penalty kill. So a dramatic drop-off. What do I attribute that to? Well, there's a lot of things you contribute to. The biggest one being there just was no chemistry with this team last year. It's a big reason why Peter Laviolette was let go in January. John Hines comes in, tries to find some, some stability with this team. And I think he started to kind of see that stability going into March. But then the season pause happened. Season was you know, dramatically cut short. Then he went to the return to play format. The rest is history. But it was a huge Achilles heel for this, for the Preds last year was their penalty kill was just, was just awful. You couldn't depend on it at all. Uh, And I think that does affect how a team plays uh, defensively when the penalty kill is struggling so bad. um, You're afraid to take chances. You're afraid to um, take risk that might uh, lead to, 
turnovers uh, forced against the other team because you don't want to take another penalty, put yourself in the penalty box again, knowing that you're struggling so bad in that area. So let's look into how the Preds can uh, improve that going into this upcoming season. They made a lot of free agency moves, and the guys they're bringing in, I think that they can make a huge difference on the penalty kill. Mark Brevetsky is the big one coming in here um, as an enforcer, coming in here. He, you know, Some people are putting him on the second pairing. Some people are putting him on the third defensive pairing. Wherever you slot him, completely expect him to be uh, on the penalty kill. And I think he's going to make a huge difference. I think that's the main reason why he was brought in here is to make a difference on the penalty kill. So you gotta you got to like your chances that he can make an impact there. Uh, you got Matt Benning who comes in here. Let's see if he's on there. I expect Nick Cousins, another free agency pickup, to be uh, involved in the penalty kill. He's a forward, but he I, I think he's a guy, his skill set, uh, the way he likes to play the game, could really lend itself to being an effective penalty killer. I'm very interested in uh, the first couple of games of the new season to see exactly how the penalty kill units are rolled out by John Hines. We might see some of it in training camp maybe, but uh, of course you're going to have your normal people on the penalty kill like Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matias Ekholm. Uh, I would expect Forsberg to be on the penalty kill uh, just as a guy who can get loose and score goals and is also a heavy hitter as a forward. Um, you're going to see your normal people that have always been on the penalty kill, but I expect to see some new faces. So that's number one, to change this overall negative vibe you're feeling around this team, is fans need to see a difference in the penalty kill in the early goings of the new season. We have to see it because they're going to take penalties. They're going to be in those moments where the score is tied 1-1 or momentum is about to shift and they have to kill off a big penalty. Fans need to see that this team can respond and kill off big penalties against good teams. So that's number one for me, to change the negative vibe I'm feeling from this team. Number two, we got to see the return of solid, sturdy goaltending. And that's not to say that Rene, Pecorine, and UC Soros, it was all in them for why the goaltending was so uh, inconsistent, shaky, not dependable. Because it wasn't. It wasn't all in them. But we've always been used to the Preds having completely solid goaltending. Like, that's not going to be the reason why they're going to lose is because of their goaltending. That wasn't the case last season, especially when it came to Pecorine. It was really hard to see Rene struggle so badly. Uh, it was almost like every time he started, uh, people were like, okay, I really hope that we don't screw this one up and make him look bad again. That's kind of how it felt like. And so uh, everyone loves Rene. He's one. He's on the Mount Rushmore of uh, Preds players of all time. Nothing will change that going into this season. But I think fans are very, very unsure about the goaltending situation right now. And that's an unfamiliar feeling if you've been following this team since the start over, you know, over 20 years ago. So, um, yeah, so it's a weird feeling. So I think we got to start seeing um, – uh, multiple games in a row, like from most likely Soros to open the season. I think he's going to be the primary number one goaltender. We got to see multiple starts uh, 
string together in a row where we're like, okay, even if even if the Preds do take a loss, it wasn't because of the goaltending. It was because of another reason. Uh, because once you start feeling more confidence in your goaltending, the rest can a lot of times work itself out because I think the Preds have enough uh, enough talent on this team to where if they get really, really dependable goaltending, they can get into another playoff spot, and then who knows what happens once you get in the playoffs, especially with a shortened season of uh, 56 or 52 games. Like they're saying it's going to be, you know, anything can happen. Get in the playoffs, see what happens. But they got to have better goaltending, and uh, they got to have uh, goaltending that you can feel confident in. And so that's number two for me to change this overall, you know, down, you know, uh sad sentiment I'm feeling around this team. There's just not a lot of excitement, even though the season might just be a month away. Uh, there's just, you're not feeling that hype and that buzz. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't know what to expect out of Soros and out of Pekka and out of the team that's in front of them. So, it, it, you know, it's a joint effort, but I think Soros, primarily Soros, because he's the number one guy, he has a lot of pressure on him out there right now to come out here and show show everyone that he is indeed the next man up to replace Pecorine like we've thought he's been for a couple seasons now. So it's going to be very, very intriguing to see how he handles his first couple of starts. Um, so that's number two for me to change it. If, if, if Soros comes out and he is – very, very apparent in controlling the game and locked in and the Preds are playing good defense in front of them and and all that good stuff, then it's not going to take very many games for Preds fans to come out and be like, all right, we got something here. You know, Soros is ready. He's locked in just like he was going into March before the pause. So that's number two for me. Number three, I'm going to bring up a nickname that everyone knows about if you're a diehard Preds fan, and that's the Jofa line. And we need to see the return of the Jofa line, the dominant Jofa line. Um, so dailyfaceoff.com, uh, a lot of diehard hockey fans know what I'm talking about. They always put out daily line combinations. They, they A lot of times they'll predict how they think the line combinations are going to come out. They've already done that now for the new season. And they have – couldn't believe I saw this. They have the Preds line ranked number 28 out of all the top lines in the league. Number 28. Could not believe I saw that because that just seems like pure disrespect. But so top line is projected to be your Jofa line of Ryan Johansson at center, Victor Arvidsson, and Phil Forsberg. And they got him ranked number 28. Uh, so we got to see the return of the Jofa line. We got to see them start taking over games again, seeing that uncanny chemistry where they just know where each other is going to be uh, on the ice and they set up those goal, those pretty goals. Uh, and again, it's not on them that, that there were so many struggles last year because there was just so much uncertainty and the coaching change and shifting the lines, line combinations up constantly and, uh, it just didn't work out. And so I'm very confident, actually, that the Jofa line is going to actually be 
the part of the team that carries this team into being a fringe contender. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily I'm predicting that they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be in the conversation. They're not a team that's going to f- just completely fall into last place and be irrelevant all year. I think they're going to be right in the mix. And a big reason why is because I think the Jofa line is about to find their chemistry again. A lot of this is predicated on Victor Arvidsson staying healthy. And a lot of it is predicated on, I don't think that last season for Ryan Johansson is um, a precursor to what the rest of his career is going to look like. I think it was an outlier. I think that, especially with his assist totals, I mean, he had 22 assists last year. Uh, that's just in 68 games. Just unacceptable for Ryan Johansson. The top line center to only manage 22 assists. The season before, he managed 50 assists. He had a great year. Uh, I think Ryan Johansson will be the first to tell you that last season was an off year for him. By his standards, I fully expect Johansson to bounce back uh, and really lead that top line with Forsberg and Arvidsson, assuming there's no long-term injuries. Uh, I think they're really going to lead the team. And so those are those are my top three that are very realistic things that can happen. They can really get fans excited again and believing in this team again. And it's I'm going to run back through them real quick. Fix the penalty kill. That doesn't mean you got to have a top five penalty kill, but you definitely can't be 29th in the league on your penalty kill. You got to be more reliable there, and I think they can do that based on their free agency moves. Uh, then we got to get into the goaltending. Obviously, we believe in Soros. Rene, can, it's not he's not far removed from his Vesna Trophy. So those two guys got to find more consistency. There's got to be more consistency consistency in the defense in front of them. You fix that, you're getting more sturdy goaltending. That's going to shift your confidence in this team. And then, of course, the return of the Jofa line. Johansson, Arvidsson, and Forsberg, if they can recapture that chemistry that they've built over the years, then I think this team's going to be fine when it comes to being a playoff contender again. If they make the playoffs, we're going to have to wait and see. It's going to be a wacky season with the division realignment and all that stuff. But that is my opening face-off. There, right there, opening discussion is how to change the negative vibes with the Preds. And I just laid out three things that are very realistic that can happen. And in the next segment, I'm going to get into some uh, more into the younger players of the future generation, and that is the World Junior Championship is coming up in Edmonton, Canada. And we're going to talk about some very exciting Preds prospects that made their respective teams representing their respective countries. We're going to talk about what we're watching for, what their future is with the team, uh, are they close to cracking into, into the NHL? We're going to get into that and then uh, close it out with some quick hitters. You're listening to the Catfish and Ice podcast. And come on right back and listen to the rest of the show. We've got hockey talk. Those are the moments you're a sports fan for. Um, those are the moments where you know you're down through nothing and the team has this amazing comeback and the guy who you want who you really are thinking this needs to be the star of this team has a hat trick. We've got beer. 
It has a unicorn on the can. An easy drinking beer that's just delicious. We want to help you understand the sport you love better. What kind of things are you looking for to understand the game better? What you know? What's a couple of things someone who's watching the game at home when things start up here in a few weeks, or if they're watching college hockey, what's going on right now? What kind of things would they be looking for to try and understand the game better, or what's happening in the game, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's it's something that's evergreen. Um... Listen to Jackets Debrief, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and available wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. All right, coming right back to get into some World Junior Championship talk here. Uh, Christmas Day is when the 2021 World Junior Championship is getting going. So hockey fans can rejoice that we're about to get some awesome hockey coming up here. Uh, And we got, as uh, Predators fans, you've got some uh, intriguing prospects that are going to be participating in uh, this year's tournament. Uh, This is Chad Mitten, your host, by the way. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Chad underscore Mitten. And the podcast, Catfish and Ice Podcast, is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Please follow them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. And yeah, so the World Junior Championship is about to get started. It's always a fun tournament. You get to see the future stars of the NHL uh, go up against each other, represent their home countries. So I'm really uh, happy to see uh, the tournament getting closer and closer. And uh, it's going to be exciting. So let's get into some prospects for the Preds who are representing. And first off is, of course, the top prospect in the Preds prospect pool, and that's Philip Tomasino. Of course, we all know the buzz and the hype that he's carrying for the Predators. Uh, We expect him in the NHL very soon, possibly even this upcoming season. He had to make a very competitive Canadian roster, and he is going to be on a very loaded team. Everyone expects Team Canada to win this year. So he makes the roster. Uh, just going over his numbers real quick this past uh, season uh, in the OHL. Uh, he split time with Oshawa and Niagara. Uh, combined with those two teams for the complete season, he scored right on the century mark, 100 points, 40 goals, 60 assists, in 62 games. I don't care what league you're playing in. I don't care if you're playing on a pond somewhere. That is, those are some incredible numbers, and I uh, can't wait to see how he's going to perform now in the World Junior Championship. That's obviously, for Preds fans, that's the number one player everyone's uh, really uh, interested to see play. Let's see if he can uh, translate or uh, those numbers that he just put up, those video game-like numbers he just put up in the OHL. Let's see if he can actually put those on the big stage of the World Junior Championship. I think he can. My money's maybe not at that exact pace, obviously, because that pace is just insane. But if he can really put his stamp on, on this team and score some big goals, make a huge impact, that's just going to continue his – Massive trajectory into the NHL, and it's going to happen sooner rather than later. He's going to be in the NHL. Now, can he actually make the Preds roster this year? Absolutely, he can. But I think some things are going to have to happen. I think he's uh, there's going to ha- maybe have to be an injury or two, maybe some really bad play from the players in front of him that are on the NHL roster right now. 
I don't think you just slot him in there right away because I think you want to keep seeing some development out of him. You, there's no reason to rush him into the NHL at this moment. I don't think he's a player that comes in, you know, at the start of the season and instantly transform the Predators into a Stanley Cup contender. He's a great player, but I don't think he's that great. Not yet. So I think you're patient with it. But if the Preds are struggling bad, you're getting a lot of bad gameplay from certain players. Absolutely, you make that move. You put him in there and you see what happens. So it's Phil Tomasino is about to be in the World Junior Championship, and he's going to be in the spotlight when it comes to Preds fans. Uh, then, of course, Yaroslav Askarov, the 11th overall pick in this past draft at goaltender. He's going to be representing Team Russia. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep up his numbers that he's currently posting in the KHL right now. Uh, small sample size, but seven games. He's got an, over a 96 safe percentage, and he's he's letting you, letting in less than a goal per game. So, like I said, seven games is small sample size, but it's a continuation of his very young junior career that he's had so far. I mean, he puts up those types of numbers constantly. Um, you know, he had a 94 save percentage in the under 17 for, uh, tournament tournament for uh, Russia. So he's always put up these massive save percentages. So now focusing on this upcoming World Junior Championship. Uh, let's see if he's about to put up those types of numbers again. He's playing for a really good Russia team who won the silver in the last one in 2019, I believe. So he's playing for a really good team, obviously, one of the top challengers to Team Canada. So Team Russia, interestingly enough, is going to play uh, Team USA on Christmas Day. So if you've got a way to watch the game, uh, appointment viewing for Team USA fans and for Preds fans because it's Team Russia versus Team USA, and you got Askarov in net for Team Russia. So that will be very interesting to see if he is the goaltender for Russia in that game. Uh, so every, all eyes are going to be on that game. Let's go down to um, another Preds prospect who is who everyone has uh, been talking about, and that's Igor Afanasyev. And he is a guy who uh, is going to come in here. He's a winger, but he can. I think he can also play center at the next level. He's a huge guy, six foot three. Uh, he's had a lot of hype surrounding him since he got drafted, and uh, he's he's a little ways off from being in the NHL. But uh, just following his uh, minor league, his minor league stats. I mean, he is just ripping through it right now, just like Tomasino. Maybe not on the same exact scoring pace as Tomasino, but still putting up some crazy numbers. Just looking back on it here, he's about to turn 20 years old. Uh, in the OHL, 67 points in 62 games, including 31 goals. So he is ripping through the same league that Tomasino's ripping through. Not at the same insane pace, but still at a pace where you're like, wow, okay, this guy's coming. And he is just one of those snipers, one of those guys who has um, – a sniper of a shot, and quite frankly, a type of player with the skill set that the Preds in their history have, had, have struggled to find players like that. So naturally, 
you're just really excited about uh, Afanasiev and what he can bring to this team down the road. So obviously we're all going to be watching how he performs for Team Russia along with uh, Yaroslav Askarov. So they're both going to be on Team Russia, a team that I think can challenge Canada for a gold medal in this year's tournament. So those are your top three that you're really focusing on if you're a Preds fan as far as prospects. But there's a couple other guys. And if I mess up their names, please forgive me. There's not a ton out there on these guys. But uh, Semyon Chishikov is the first one. He's a defenseman. He comes in here, and he's a fourth-round draft pick from 2019. Uh, you can always find diamond, diamonds in the rough uh, back in the draft, especially defensemen. And so when it comes to Chishikov, uh, another Russian guy, and he's coming in here. KHL, he's getting a lot of experience this year. He's played in 28 games. He's not putting up a lot of offensive numbers, which is okay. Uh, but he's getting a lot of that really crucial experience. So now let's see how he turns that into this uh, World Junior Championship. Also for Team Russia. So you've got a lot. You've got three Preds prospects who are on Team Russia this year. So we're going to be really watching that team to see how our, our guys perform for them. You know, if Team Russia has a very successful tournament, Odds are it's because of our uh, three guys uh, that are representing them. And so we're going to be focusing on Team Russia. Uh, obviously, as far as on the NHL level, there's a lot of time to figure out uh, what you have out of uh, Chisikov. Uh, a lot, there's a lot more to learn about him. Uh, as you know, in the NHL, it, it's not like other sports leagues where you just immediately jump in, in like in basketball or football. Um, it takes time in the NHL. There's multiple avenues to get to the NHL, and it can take some time. Chishikov, like I said, younger player, just got drafted in 2019 by the Preds. So let's see what he how he does in this tournament. Let's see what how his road goes on after this. But uh, definitely going to be watching him. And then uh, Yuso Parsonen is a Finnish player who uh, is coming in here. Uh, to another 2019 draft pick, seventh-round draft pick. Um, very early in the process when it comes to scouting him, of course. Um, I invite everyone to go to EliteProspects.com to check out all these players when you're looking at prospects. There's a lot of good sites out there, but I like to use uh, Elite Prospects first. They do some awesome work. And when it comes to Parsonen, he's going to be representing Team Finland, another team who's had a lot of success um, in this tournament in recent times. And he comes in here, and uh, he's played in the pro ranks for Finland. Uh, he's gotten a lot of experience over in Finland for the professional ranks. And current in in his current season in Finland, he's got two goals and ten assists. So, uh, be very interesting to see how he impacts that team for Finland. Just overlooking in the entirety of the World Junior Championship and the schedule. Like I said, Team USA is playing Russia on Christmas Day. This is the first time that there's been a Christmas Day start since 2005, I saw. So that's very interesting. i got to be honest, I've never really followed the World Junior Championship up until uh, going back a couple seasons ago. So I've learned to love this tournament. It's very exciting to see these younger players on this big stage. And it is a big deal for these, for these guys because they are trying to uh, really showcase their talents to the world. And a lot of times they don't get to do that because they're playing in these smaller leagues. They're playing in their home countries. And so they're getting to showcase their talents to the NHL spotlight. 
So it's a big deal. It's a very exciting tournament. USA is playing Russia. Team Canada doesn't start their tournament until uh, the day after Christmas. And uh, a lot of people are saying they are in a much easier. So you got two groups. Uh, Team Canada and Team USA are not in the same group. So they will have to advance out of their groups to play each other. We're hoping that happens. There's a re- you're reasonable to think they should both advance out of their groups. But Team USA has a very tough road because they got to play Sweden in their group. They got to, of course, play Russia to open the tournament. Uh, so it's not an easy start for uh, Team USA, whereas uh, Canada is in a much easier league, uh, much easier group to open. Uh, they got Germany in their group. They got Slovakia. They got some other teams, obviously. So I think Canada's road's a little bit easier, as a lot of people are saying. Uh, Team USA hasn't won it since won it all since 2017. Team Canada's won it um, won it last season. So uh, yeah, Christmas is coming uh, for all your all of us diehard hockey fans. We're getting that Christmas present by getting to watch the World Junior Championship. Um, it's going to be a little bit harder to watch it. Uh, TSN is going to show all the games. So if you have TSN. Uh, maybe uh, there's streaming options out there. I myself has to figure out have, has to figure out some ways to uh, stream it myself because I really do want to watch this tournament. Uh, I think it's going to be really uh, fun to watch to see these uh, younger players who are the future of the NHL, including the prospects for the Preds that are in this uh, tournament. So we, I, I'm going to update you on everything in future episodes when it comes to how our prospects perform in this tournament. Uh, most notably Tomasino, because I think he's going to have a really big tournament. I think he's going to continue his uh, upward trend into the NHL, and I expect to see Tomasino in the NHL next season. I think there's going to be some roster moves eventually, and I think they're going to call upon him. We'll have to wait and see if that comes true. So that's my highlight for the World Junior Championship that's coming up. And then uh, coming up in next part of the episode, I'm going to do some quick hitters, get into the expansion draft, which is going to be here before we know it. The Seattle Seattle Kraken, they are coming into this league, and they are going to be have just as big of an impact as the Vegas Golden Knights had. And so it's going to sh- shift the conferences a little bit. Arizona uh, is going to be moving uh, into the Central Division, and so it's going to make things very interesting. So we're going to talk about which players might be lost for the Preds and the upcoming expansion draft. Also going to get into a few other uh, quick hitters for the team. So that's coming up next on the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Chad Mitten, your host of the Catfish on Ice podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Follow me on Twitter at Chad underscore Mitten and follow the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet. Uh, And some quick hitters, got some fun stuff here to cover. And first is the upcoming NHL expansion draft and the Seattle Kraken. They're coming in. First of all, what an awesome name for a team. Like I, when I heard that, I know a lot of people didn't like it. They were like, that's weird. 
I love the weirdness of it. I love the unique nature of it. Seattle Kraken coming in uh, with this expansion draft. They're going to have the same expansion rules as the Vegas Golden Knights had. And let me start this off by saying that a lot of people originally could not stand the Vegas Golden Knights because they got those expansion rules that allowed them to pluck some very good players from every team. You know, if you remember as a Preds fan, they they uh, took James Neal. Uh, there's still a lot of people who won't forgive the Preds for protecting James Neal and uh, will never forget because that was tough to see James Neal get taken like that. But so now I'm going to get into uh, – kind of what they're saying about this upcoming expansion draft and who might be the next expansion draft victim for the Preds. And just going, kind of going through it here. Uh, first of all, SI.com put out, uh, I encourage you to go check out their piece on it because they kind of laid out the very complicated expansion rules. Uh, you really have to look into it to understand uh, the rules in, when it comes to uh, the requirements it takes for each team when it comes to how many players they're allowed to protect, how many players they have to, the minimum amount of players they have to leave unprotect, unprotected. And so just to write it down real quick, uh, you have to leave two forwards unprotected. You have to leave one defenseman unprotected, and there's requirements. They have had to play so many games the season before. For defensemen, they have had to play at least 40 games the season before. Uh, for the forwards, 60 games the season before. And then also uh, when it comes to leaving a goaltender unprotected as well. Uh, so just talking about the Preds and who I think are the top two players who are – I think it's either this player or the other player when it comes to you. They're going to lose one of them. And it's either going to be Matias Ekholm or it's going to be Cal Yarncroft. It's going to be one of those two guys. It's going to be a matter of which player the uh, Seattle Kraken – think can help their their team the most. If you're asking me to to predict it right now, I'm going to say Matias Ekholm. Now, uh, SI.com, they did their own little uh, mock draft for the Seattle Kraken, and they think it's going to be Yarncroft. But I tend to think that they're going to take Ekholm, which is going to be really hard to see as a Preds fan because Ekholm has built his career for the Preds. He's always been an undervalued player. But your true diehard Preds fans know how valuable Matias Ekholm is to the team, and so it's just a it's just a numbers game at this point. You've got to leave one defenseman unprotected. I can't see them not protecting uh, Fabro Dante Fabro because he's still got the peak of his career ahead of him, and you're seeing a lot of good things from Fabro, a lot of good signs. So. I can't see one season changing that to where they don't protect him. Obviously, Yossi and Ellis are going to be protected. So Ekholm is the odd, odd, odd man out when it comes to not being protected in the draft or in the expansion draft. So he's going to be very enticing for the Seattle Kraken. But then you got Cal Yarncroft, who is who's always been a player who. Um, knows his role, can move up and down the lineup, can can get you those big goals when you don't expect them. But he's never taken that next step, that next uh, – so I would 
it, well, I wouldn't be hurt as bad if Yon Kroc got lost. I just don't think that they're going to take Yon Kroc over Ekholm if they're both available. Now, obviously, they might have some other defensemen out there that they would like to take more, and then they think, you know, Yon Kroc is the better pick there. It could happen. I think it's one of those two players that the Preds lose in the expansion draft. Uh, either player is going to be tough to see go because both players have been with the Preds for a while now. You know, you learn to love these players and, you know, but that's, that's the nature of the beast when it comes to expansion drafts and uh, teams, uh, fans of all the teams are going to be, um, you know, full of anxiety when they're waiting to see which player Seattle takes from their team. Like I said, seeing James Neal get, get taken was rough. I think it was a horrible decision by the Preds to not protect him. Let's hope they don't make that same mistake this time around. But I think the writing is kind of on the wall here, and I think it's going to it's gonna be either Ekholm or Yarncroc. Uh, but we'll have to see. It's very interesting to see exactly who they protect and who they don't protect. You know, you know, you have to think about it in terms of your future. You're going to protect players who are entering the peaks of their career over players who have been there for a while. They've done their thing for a while. They're past the prime of their career, per se, and, and, and you just live with it and you, and you leave them available to be taken. And that's the case when it comes to Ekholm and when it comes to Yarncroc. So I think it's one of those two players if, I, if someone – uh, was going to make me bet on it, but I'm going to go with Ekholm as the most likely uh, player. Now, how are they? What other players are they going to take? There's some interesting guesses out there. There's some expansion mock drafts out there. Uh, going back to that SI.com expansion draft, which I found very, very intriguing. They think that when it comes to you know, we all remember uh, Mark Andre Fleury going to the Vegas Golden Knights, which was. We're all like, wow, okay, so Vegas is an expansion team, and they're getting Mark andre Fleury as their goaltender. So they think they're mocking in their mock draft. They're thinking that uh, Braden Holtby is going to go to the Seattle Kraken, who just went, who just got signed by the Vancouver Canucks as a rental, as some people think. And so you're, they're, they're, they're thinking is okay, the Kraken are going to rent him basically they're going to take him as their primary goaltender for their expansion season and i think that's a, a very smart prediction i could see that totally happen but what i found even more interesting is uh the dallas stars are going to not protect uh Kadobin. and they think that the seattle kraken are going to take Kadobin. so that's a nice little one-two punch if you ask me for an expansion team at goaltender Found that interesting. TJ Oshie for the Washington Capitals. We all know how great of a player he is. They think that he could go uh, in the expansion draft to the Seattle Kraken. So uh, that's going to be this, you know, a lot of what's going on with this uh, season that they're trying to get in and the whole 56 game schedule. A lot of it is predicated on not messing with the 2021 2022 season because you've got an expansion team coming in here. They're going to bring in a lot of revenue to all the other teams with their um, expansion fee. So they can't mess – the league cannot mess this up when it comes to not messing with the following season. So they're trying to figure out a way to get this current season in. Uh, and it, it's a mess right now, obviously, for a lot of reasons, things that are out of everyone's control. 
And so uh, the expansion draft is going to be something that uh, it's going to be interesting to see if, if the Seattle Kraken can follow the same successful path that the Golden Knights had uh, instantly. I think that they're in good shape. I think that it, with the expansion rules, they're going to be a team. They're going to come out in the Pacific Division. Coyotes are moving to the Central Division with the Predators to balance out the division totals in the Western Conference. And so uh, you're going to have Seattle and Vegas, two recent expansion teams who figure to be both very high contenders with the expansion rules in place. That's going to be a – you know, the Pacific Division has kind of been falling behind recently, but I think that with Seattle joining, I think they're going to be just as good um, of a contender as Vegas was initially, and so you're going to have a very tough division uh, suddenly – uh, out in the Pacific Division with the expansion Seattle team. Ekholm is my prediction for the Preds to lose in the expansion draft. Hope it's Yarncroc, all, all due respect, but I think that uh, in the end, I think they're going to see Ekholm as a potential top-pairing defenseman for them as an expansion team. So other guys that could you know could be available, Sissons, Nick Cousins, uh, or two other guys, but I don't think they're going to get taken over some of the other players available on the Preds roster. So, there you go. That's the expansion rules that are coming up. Now I'm going to get into. I'm going to get a little more sentimental here for my last quick hitter here, and that is, you know, we all miss hockey. We all miss normalcy uh, with our sports lives and our regular lives. Obviously, sports uh, doesn't uh, get on the same level as all the other things that are going on in this world. But sports obviously is our escape. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm guessing you're a hockey fan. And so um, I'm going to get into what I miss most about Preds hockey as a Nashville native and as a diehard Preds fan. And there's a lot of different ways I could go with this. But for me, it is Lower Broadway, which is where Bridgestone Arena is located in Nashville, Tennessee. And that energy that you just can't replicate anywhere else. And what I mean by that is even away fans who can't stand the Preds, can't even stand the fans, ask a Blackhawks fan who's been to some Preds games in Nashville. They will tell you, can't stand the team, but that energy is something that they've never seen before. And so I miss that. I miss that uh, passion. I miss all the fans uh, having fun on lower Broadway before the game. You know, if there's a Tuesday night game and it's at 7 o'clock, uh, puck drop, you're seeing fans starting off at 4 and 5 o'clock, all wearing their Preds jerseys, walking up and down Lower Broadway, hitting all the honky-tonks, hitting all the bars, listening to live music, having fun, and then they go in and they walk right into the arena. It's normally a block or two away. You walk right into the arena and you're ready for that game. You can't, you know, that energy and that passion is something I'm missing most about hockey. Uh, it will eventually return, but I know we're uh, a long ways from that because of the pandemic, and rightfully so, because it wouldn't be safe to do that right now. But it's going to eventually come back, and I definitely miss that part of it. I miss Nash, who is the Preds mascot, who um trying to put all my biases aside right now. But Nash is one of the best mascots in all of sports, and I miss him propelling down from the top of Bridgestone Arena hopping on the uh, four-wheeler and doing all the crazy stunts that Nash likes to do. I miss that. 
another part of the great energy you see at Preds games at Bridgestone Arena. And, of course, all the chants. If you've ever been to a Preds game, you know all about the chants. It feels like you're at a soccer game uh, when it comes to all the crazy chants. We all know about the You Suck chant. We all know about the other chants they have. And uh, those will definitely come back. That's going to be a fun time to see all the Preds fans in, packed into Bridgestone Arena and I hope no one forgot those chants, and I don't think they did. You know, you had this thing called Cell Block 303. It's in Section 303, Upper Deck of Bridgestone Arena. They have been there from the start when Preds Hockey first came in 1998. Cell Block 303. They start all the chants. It's kind of like the section of the stadium that does, that just gets the energy flowing first. Everyone follows suits. Follow suit. If you're sitting anywhere near Section 303, you can just see it firsthand how they get everything going. Uh, it's a really fun section. And so Cell Block 303, shout out to you to you all. Can't wait to see you back in Bridgestone Arena, uh, hopefully by the 2021-2022 season. And then, of course, I'm going to throw a shout out to the away fans because one thing I can tell you across all sports or definitely also in football, whenever the Preds, or the Titans in football are playing a really good team that has a really strong fan base. Those fans always show up because everyone wants an excuse to come to Nashville. What better excuse than go to a hockey game in Nashville to see your favorite team play the Preds. And so I miss that. I miss seeing those Blackhawks jerseys, believe it or not. I know that's, I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. I, I miss seeing those away hockey jerseys. Blues fans, you know, St. Louis is not far away. St. Louis always brings a great crowd. Uh, Penguins fans, uh, only play them once a year at home, but Penguins fans always show up. Uh, your, your Canadian teams, of course, you can't leave out all of your teams in Canada because those are some of the most diehard fans up there north of the border. They always show up in Nashville. Edmonton Oilers, for instance, is a big one. Uh, they always show up. Maple Leafs. I remember when they played the Maple Leafs this past season. Back in January, not long before the pause, uh, Maple Leafs fans showed up in droves to support uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they were uh, a very, actually a really fun fan base. They were a lot of fun. So I miss that. I miss mingling with the opposing fans, having that fun. Like I said, opposing fans love coming to Nashville. They love uh, starting that fun little rivalry, and uh, you get to have fun with them before the game. In the bars, you meet them. They're wearing their jerseys. I miss all that. I know I'm sure a lot of you agree with all that as far as uh, what we miss most about hockey, and uh, it will eventually come back, and I think we all appreciate it a lot more how beautiful this sport is, why we're hockey fans, and so I can't wait for all that to come back in the near future. Uh, once everything is safe to do so. Uh, so I'm going to end this episode like I end every episode, and I'm going to throw some love to a local Nashville business and a place that I think you need to check out next time you come to Nashville. Maybe you're going to come to Nashville to go to a Preds hockey game, and you're going to be supporting your favorite team wherever you're from. Maybe in the 2021-22 season when fans are allowed to come back, there, uh, I know we all love, uh, most of us love craft beer. We love breweries. It's a big deal across this country. And Nashville is starting to really 
explode on the brewery scene. There's a lot of good breweries. I'm going to throw one out to you right now that I think you should check out. And that is Rock Bottom Restaurant and Brewery. And it's right on Broadway. It's right. It's about a 10 minute walk, if that, to the entrance of Bridgestone Arena. And not only do they have their own beer that they make right on site, but they also have an awesome menu, a great atmosphere. Uh, they're going to have all, they're a Preds approved bar. So they have all the Preds game, all the hockey games on. They're always going to show the Preds games, of course, with the sound on. Support the local team. And you're going to get some great food. And the beer, uh, no matter what type of style of beer you like, they're going to have something on tap for you. Over 13 beers on tap. Uh, they rotate their beers. They're going to let you do samples if you need to try something first to see if you like it. So if you're a craft beer fan, go to Rock Bottom Restaurant and Brewery located right on the corner of 2nd Avenue and Broadway. Uh, like I said, it's a great spot and it's located right near Bridgestone Arena. So you can do all your pre-gaming before you go to the game. So whenever you're coming to Nashville and you're supporting your hometown team or you're an away fan visiting from somewhere else, go to Rock Bottom Restaurant and Brewery. They're, they're awesome. Take good care of you. And you can have a lot of fun before you go to the game. And even after you leave the game, go get a good beer, get a good IPA, get a good lager, whatever you like to drink. They're going to have it there. They've always got something on tap that you're going to like if you're a craft beer lover. So Rock Bottom Restaurant and Brewery, check them out right on Broadway next time you're in Nashville. And that's our that's it for the Catfish on Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. I appreciate all of you for listening, subscribing. Follow me on Twitter at Chad underscore Minton. Follow Catfish on Ice on Twitter at Catfish Ice. And follow the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet. Uh, thank you again. I can't wait until our paths cross again. Until then, please take care. Stay safe.